Hi everyone, Bill O'Connor here. Episode 7 of the Genius Hours Innovation Podcast. As usual, I'm walking my dog, noted canine innovators in Zeno, in the hills of a beautiful Mill Valley just north of San Francisco. Um, And by the way, uh, the title for this podcast, The Genius Hours, is meant to reflect your genius hours. The idea that if you're a professional, I mean, I guess if you're anyone, but especially if you're a professional, um, to me, innovation and genius, you know, there's an overlap there. Um, But genius hours is that idea of, you know, if you look back on a month, a year, 10 years, it it, it connects to the Pareto 80-20 principle as well. It's the idea of, well, you know, are you giving yourself time, hence hours, to do that kind of genius level work, that kind of innovation work, the stuff that really matters and has an impact. So what I'm going to talk about today, innovation versus innovation, uh, is particularly relevant to the idea for the overall podcast, which is sort of a, and I include myself in this, we should all give ourselves more time for those genius hours, the, the time when we can really aspire to that genius level or that um, innovation level. So let's dive into innovation versus innovation. Um, For some background, anyone listening doesn't know my work that well, um, and, you know, simplifying this a bit, for the last 10 years at Autodesk and with my own innovation consultancy, uh, the innovation agency based in San Francisco, um, I've been uh, doing research on innovation, creating insights and publishing, uh, creating methodologies, uh, which is, you know, that's kind of the point. The research and the insights I've often called like Ibnu, interesting but not useful. But, um, you know, the methodologies to me, that's really when the rubber hits the road and someone listening can say, oh, that I can use. And then uh, an innovation system. So um, I've been developing research insights, methodologies, and systems. I've probably done about uh, 600 innovation engagements with about 200 uh, corporations, organizations, governments from about 50 plus um, countries. And that's sort of my data set. And uh, for a long time, um, including today, I've been thinking about the psychology of innovation and really why companies don't innovate more. Um, you know, as a side point, when I started the Innovation Genome Project in 2011, I would not have thought that eight years later, there's still so little innovation going on. And again, you know, I can, I can support that argument, I think, pretty obsessively um, that the needle hasn't really moved in eight years, which is surprising. So anyway, there's two levels to this I want to talk about. So one's psychology, and the second I'll call framework. So, you know, I and other people have talked about the psychology, why people don't innovate. And to state some of the obvious, well, um, it's scary to do new stuff. It's risky to innovate especially in a culture that doesn't reward risk or punishes it. It's failure-related. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, you know, the higher up you get in an organization, the more power you have, and the more history you have behind you, and the more you're connected to the status quo. So, you know, I think, generally speaking, if you care about innovation, this stuff is pretty clear. Um, and a lot of the work I do is trying to explain the crazy San Francisco Silicon Valley mindset to people because, uh, you know, this is my view out of all any place in the world, we have both the least, the fewest impediments to innovation, 
psychologically or otherwise, and also, on the other hand, the best culture to do it. So the psychology, you know, we can talk about it till we're blue in the face, but then I, I so six months ago, I sort of hit a different level where I was thinking, all right, I think it's partly also how executives, and I'm going to say a CEO particularly, just to make it interesting, um, I've worked with about 11 CEOs in the last two years. Um, so I have, you know, firsthand experience and a pretty good data set there. And also worked with tons, I guess in the last 10 years, probably around seven or 8,000 executives. Um, so I've got a good data set for what I'm about to talk about, but I think I'll set it up as um, how, how a CEO looks at innovation because that affects an entire organization. And it also highlights that even the, the, the number one person in the company, um, if they don't have uh, the right sort of mindset or framework for innovation, it's not going to get done. So anyway, so let's, let's start from the psychology of innovation, especially or even for CEO, is all those things. They don't want to fail. They don't want to risk. They don't undermine their own position, go outside their own uh, sphere of expertise, those, all those kinds of things. Sometimes I call that, you know, if you've risen to the top of a primitive tribe by being really good at the spear, how likely are you to uh, going? To, are you going to be to develop the bow and arrow? And even if uh, if other people um, suggest, you know, quote unquote, the bow and arrow, which is the new thing, how likely are you to understand it, tolerate it, support it, etc.? Not very likely. But now let's jump away from the psychological often fear-based um, side of why, let's say, CEOs don't innovate. And I want to go back to something that I guess I would call a framework. So I'm going to do an A and B. A is how I think most CEOs think about innovation. Some of this could be unconscious. <laughs> some of this is things I've heard, some things I've read about, some of the things I've um, inferred. So I think A, the, the classic way that a CEO thinks about innovation is something like this. Yeah, innovation, it's important. Um, a company's doing really fine. Let's pretend it's a $10 billion company. Company's doing really fine right now. Um, and yeah, we know we have to innovate. Um, we know Silicon Valley innovates. Often that's why they have me there. And this is still the CEO. Uh, and yeah, we have an innovation team, innovation lab, innovation fund. Um, we've got some smart people working on it. We've got some partnerships with the universities. And, uh, you know, I check in with them, you know, uh, we probably talk at least once a month on some sort, you know, some, they have some sort of innovation council. Um, and, you know, that's how they do it. Now, then if I get down to the point of saying, okay, but how much time do you spend on innovation? Well, let's be conservative for a CEO to make the math easy, right? 50 hours a week. Uh, my sense is they don't really spend a lot of time on it. I don't know. Out of all the CEOs I've met, now if you expand it to the executives, what's the average amount of time per week really focused on innovation? I really think it's something like zero to two hours maybe. And I'm always trying to be careful with this. But man, again, I have a pretty big data set. So basically, I think CEOs and executives are not spending any substantial time on innovation. And now here's where innovation comes in. This is my, my recommended way to look at it. So they think... When you say, what are they doing? Well, they're doing their jobs. They're, they're working. They're helping the company succeed. They're, they're pursuing excellence. They're doing activity, all that stuff. And, and they think, yeah, we're also doing innovation. You know, I spend a little time on it, right? But I have other people really working on it. And they proudly say, I spent $42 million last year, whatever. 
That's A. Okay. I think that's counterproductive to actually innovating or having other people innovate. So here's, here's B. This is the shift from in, un, the innovation idea or two. I think I would say to a CEO this, and I have said this to at least a bunch of execs. I don't know if I said it to a CEO yet. I think that you should look at it this way. There's two types of work. And in that 50-hour week, you are only doing one type at any time. They're mutually exclusive. In fact, I have a coin uh, that we're making. And uh, up on LinkedIn, I've got a, a design about it, innovation, innovation. Uh, the innovation side is the spirit of the llama. It's kind of an inside joke uh, for people that know my work. Uh, the llama is, uh, is a joke around it, but I use that as a symbol of innovation. And we've sort of half-jokingly flipped it on the other side of the coin. Literally, it'll be a coin which is the stupor of the sloth. So it's the spirit of innovation, the llama, the stupor of the sloth. I mean, sloth is lovable, but like, yeah, sloth's moving slowly, etc. So the, th- the way I would recommend is don't think I do my job and then, yes, I do X amount on innovation once in a while. I think you should go into your office and think of it this way. Well, I'm a CEO. Um, I do 48 to 50 hours of innovation every week. I choose to do that. And then I do maybe two hours or zero hours, you know, of innovation. And I think that's useful because um, I I hope that puts a little people on the hook more. People that say to me, and many do, very focused on innovation. Um, If I said to them, for example, what's your number? And to me, the number is percentage of time, uh, you know, roughly in increments of 10%. Uh, that you spend on innovation. So for most CEOs, like it would be great if a really enlightened CEO spent, let's say, 10% of her time, you know, in this simple model, you know, out of uh, 50 hours, five hours a week um, on innovation. So I would say her number would be 10, right? And I'm trying to get metrics for this. And I want to make this quick. So you can ask somebody, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You spent 42 million last year. What's your innovation number? And someone would just be like, oh, okay, well, it's, it's, it's one, if it's 1%, right? Um, half an hour, I guess, would be 1% if it's 50 hours. Um, but I want to, so in other words, I think it's useful to say, now let's just move to an executive. For an executive, if you know or believe that innovation is very important, especially some key industries like banking, being rated by like, you know, fintech and crypto and all that stuff and blockchain, Bitcoin, um, if you have that, uh, actually, it's easy to name a lot of fields that are, um, hey, that are, um, that's my dog. <laughs> it's easy to name. My dog wants to chime in when I said crypto. Stop it. Hey. Anyway, sorry about that, listeners. Um, my dog wants to co-host. Um, where was I? Yeah, so the idea is uh, I want to make it more of a conscious choice. When someone says, yeah, I'm really into innovation, um, I think I would like to say something. Yeah, okay, good. Last week, according to what you said, you did 49 or... You, let's, just, let's be mean about it. Most people don't do any in a week, I think. Or a lot of people don't. Because, yeah, you chose to do 50 hours of innovation. And I want to get people thinking, not like, I do my job, and then we add on this innovation stuff when we can. Because then it's always like an afterthought. And instead, I want, I want it to be able to think of people as a ratio, Right? I mean, and again, I don't think anybody really would like the idea that in a fifth, I mean, I think people would be a little, I hope they'd be a little embarrassed about the idea. Yeah, out of, uh, you know, 50 hour week, I spent like an hour on innovation, right? That's like 2%. Oh, so so your number is two or 2%. 
and 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 the idea that I think what's exciting to me is, and the reason I'm actually going to do a coin, <laughs> some point the coin will be like a sensor. You know, you could flip it over when you're actually just doing any innovation. Uh, I think this is a good idea too, and and it will sort of you know log like quantify itself how much innovation you do. But I think um, the idea of it being like a coin and this innovation innovation is kind of a good pun. It's a it's a kind of a smooth wordplay. I think it may, might make it easier for people to say to each other, you know, and again, humor is part of it in a playful way. It's like, hey, Jennifer, um, you know, I know you're the boss and everything, you got all this stuff planned, but, you know, we've got the, this, this strategic offsite today. Um, and why don't we do, uh, instead of eight hours of innovation, which is, you know, important stuff, let's do an hour of innovation, right? And again, you still know it's like a seven to one ratio, but I think it's important to realize that, uh, I'm trying to figure the way to put this is another acronym I've come up with is something that the Bay Area is very good at is what I call uh, EMU. It's spelled incorrectly, I-M-U, the inherent mutability of the universe. And that sounds all fancy, fancy, but I think that's just this idea. It's almost like a Zen concept that we know and really love the idea that, you know, almost everything is changeable. And you got people out here trying to fight death, <laughs> you know, it's very seriously. I'm, you know, I'm, I, and hey, I'm, I'm on that train too. Um, I think that would be great. Um, but the inherent mutability of the universe, and sometimes people say, well, why is it so? Why is it so move so quickly? I think it's that simple answer because we can, in the sense that, you know, other people too, but Bay Area people especially, and I think a preponderance of them, the professionals anyway, think of, hey, man, we could change. Hey, man, we could sort of change anything. It's exciting to see how much we can change. And again, I think if you have that um, mentality, it all goes together in a way. You know, are you going to really choose to spend 50 or 48 hours on innovation? And innovation is also like tradition. I looked up the word tradition the other day. Tradition comes from the phrase of handing down from a previous generation, which is anathema to a lot of Bay Area people. So I think I'm trying to awaken in people that pride. I mean, I guess I'd put it to a, an executive this way. Like, okay, you have 50 hours. You know, I know a lot of people work more, but let's just say you have 50 hours of your professional career, you know, which will be over at some point. I mean, probably, unless you work forever, but your professional career, you have 50 hours. If I had to ask you now, what would you, you know, how much of that you want to be innovation? How much you want to be innovation? You know, if you could get them out of the, that's why offsites can be good. If you can get them out of that, the grind of the, the week to week, the day to day, I think they would certainly say, well, yeah, I don't want to do all innovation. And that's why, I, too, from the innovation standpoint, I want to set up like day to day work, business as usual. I, I want to de reward that a little bit. The idea that, um, yeah, you know, people think I have to do my job. And, you know, I think it's useful to say, yeah, well, that's, you know, that's innovation. Another way to put it is um, Pareto's principle. You know, 80% of the value comes from 20% of the activities. Um, you know, and 20% of the value comes from the other 80%. Um, I think that that's also important to remember when you say to an executive, well, what do you want the week to be? Um, if you really, I've said this a lot too. This is an older thought for me. I say, well, you know, you, five years from now, even if you're really productive and efficient, you know, most of what you do in a given week, certainly a given day, is not going to be that important, especially if you care about innovation. So one way you can sort of um, 
you know, trick the Pareto principle, um, not trick it, sort of uh, go around it, or, or at least maybe you say make the most of it, is to, uh, is to work on innovation. Because my gut feeling is, for just about every exec, like let's say an executive decided to spend 10% of her uh, time on innovation, five hours, my prediction is if you look back um, at, at years later on things like those innovation times, I think that that's probably more likely to be useful than just the day-to-day work. I think that's, my experience is borne that out, the research kind of bears that out. So anyway, to kind of wrap up here, um, uh, to me, innovation is, yeah, it's, it's all the work you do. It's, it's the work you do when you're not innovating. There's probably some sweet spot for most companies. It could be 90, uh, 90, 10, you know. It could be that some optimal, let's say for a senior executive or even CEO, or even just, you know, a professional, maybe uh, that 10% or that five hours out of 50, maybe that's good. I mean, certainly you don't want to be innovating half the time. I think that's, that leads to craziness. Um, but it's certainly not zero hours per week. So um, again, to sum up, um, I like the idea of saying there's two types of work. We all have at least some latitude of what we do and how much we do per week. And if you look at it as like, okay, most of the weeks I just do innovation, realize that as a conscious, well, maybe it's not, realize that in some ways that is a choice. And you don't have to make that choice. And again, I always test this stuff out in the verbal interchanges. If I would say to somebody, yeah, how much innovation did you do last week versus innovation? I guess I'm hoping to make it uncomfortable for someone to say, well, last week it was zero, zero hours innovation, 50 innovation. I'm oh, sorry, zero innovation, 50 innovation. I guess having those two opposites like that, instead of like work and then, oh, there's that innovation stuff. And, you know, if you don't do any innovation, you're kind of not penalizing your own mind. Um, I think f- setting them up as so opposites, sort of twin opposites, might make people think, oh, that's right, I have to spend time on innovation. And that's really another thing I've been thinking about. Big companies spend a lot of money on innovation. They don't spend a lot of time on it, usually. And again, I think if you, if you say, well, what do we want to spend time on? We're certainly going to do innovation. Because then if you flip innovation from a negative to in general, you'd say, well, that's just the work. Of course, it's important. You know, that's, that's certainly probably the preponderance of the work you should do. But again, I think if you think of innovation and innovation, I think you think a balance between the two rather than just like do the work and then innovation. Anyway, so I'll wrap it up there. Um, anyway, it's also kind of fun to say, um, but that's what I'm going to start. I'm probably going to write something about this too and start asking my clients things like, what's your innovation number? Um, you know, we have an SAT number, you know, we have a credit score number. Um, why not have an innovation number? And, uh, you know, for executives, I'm starting to recommend 10%. I, I, it's hard for me to see why an executive would choose to spend less than five hours a week on innovation, especially even if you just look at my stuff, all the innovation stuff that I have that you can use and also other people as well, or, you know, design thinking things relating more to innovation. So um, I'll leave you with that. And see what you guys think. Love to hear what you think um, to see if innovation resonates with you and actually how much innovation versus innovation you guys do. I know, sadly, for me, even though my work is a lot about innovation, um, I think probably I do less than an hour or two a week on innovating my own work. Um, and that's something I'm going to look at. I'm going to try to get it up to at least 5%, I think. 
Anyway, that's Innovation Innovation. This has been Episode 7 of The Genius Hours, uh, November 17th, 2019. Thank you guys uh, for listening, and thank you from Zinzino, my um, noted global canine innovator. Thank you very much.